You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, October 26th, and we're talking at Yankees baseball today with Brian Hoke, our Yankees reporter for MLB.com. And uh, Brian, so much for your slow day or slow offseason because the big breaking news uh, on this Thursday, as we all know by now, is that uh, Joe Girardi, after 10 years, not coming back to the Bronx in 2018 as there is a huge managerial opening for one of the marquee teams in all the baseball, all the sports, let's be honest. Uh, so, Brian, the one thing I like to ask reporters uh, whenever their managers <laughs> get dismissed for the teams they cover is, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of surprise or shock or being caught off guard, how would you grade this one? Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm i going to say this was a 7 or an 8 for me uh, in terms of shock. Um, I am surprised that Girardi's not coming back. You would think that, uh, look, he was one win away from going to the World Series. And uh, you wonder if one of those games in Houston had gone differently and the Yankees were playing in the World Series right now, would they have made the same decision? Um, it was a heck of a year. Uh, this is it's a team that not a lot of people gave a whole lot of chance to compete for a playoff spot. Uh, I think that most people looked at it as a rebuilding year, that they were going to win 84, 85 games. And and Girardi would be lucky to get that out of the team. To, to get 91, to go past the Twins, past the Indians to come back there, and then take the Astros to a seventh game, uh, I think Girardi did a terrific job this year. Uh, I think what's going to come out in the next few weeks is that there was probably some friction between him and the front office, uh, and this decision had probably been made well before the Yankees even qualified for the playoffs. I think that uh, because if you look at it just based upon what happened in the postseason, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me right now. I, I think that uh, there was probably a decision made somewhere along the line that they would be better served with a different voice in the dugout for 2018, and that probably predated the postseason. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And, uh, Brian, this may sound a little far-fetched and a little out there, but it, it does bear asking. Of, of course, you know, Girardi just got, you know, just torn to shreds in the media and on social media following the game two blunder in the LDS against the Indians. He didn't challenge the, uh, the hit by pitch, uh, the, the grand slam, the extra inning loss and everything that followed the Yankees still of course go on to win the series, but that almost became an afterthought because all anybody wanted to talk about was Girardi's blunder in game two. To what degree, if any, did that play in the news today? I'm not sure if it did. I, I think it certainly obviously didn't help. Um, but, the fact that the team did come back from that, I thought, uh, kind of took him off the hook for, for that. As Brian Cashman said that night that they were spraying champagne in Cleveland, he said it changed the storyline. Um, you know, it, instead of talking about what could have been a, a terrible blunder, it didn't really matter because they were going on to play the Astros. I, I think that a lot of this had to do with the way Girardi's relationships were with the players in the room. And I think that maybe uh, somewhere along the line, You've seen this in other sports where a manager or a coach is in a certain place for a certain amount of time, and uh, their words stop kind of carrying the same impact. And and maybe the Yankees had decided that uh, they needed a different tone, a different message. Uh, you know, I, I think that you look at Girardi and you see him in the dugout and you see the way he interacts with players and other teams and, and umpires, and he's not the warmest, most cuddly guy in the room. Uh, Joe Torrey was. Uh, they wanted a change from Torrey. They went to Girardi, who was more of a disciplinarian, more of kind of a militaristic look to him. Uh, maybe maybe they got fatigued of that and are, are deciding to go another direction. 
I, I think that we're going to see in the next few weeks, we're going to find out some stories here about things that probably happen in, in June or August or July uh, that we didn't even hear about and uh, say, oh, so that was what was going on there. Um, I, I would suspect that there were some things going on behind closed doors because to do this uh, just based upon the postseason and a 91-win season uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me at this point. Yeah, completely agree, and that's the nature of this beast is that uh, when news of this nature happens, uh, you know, like you said, we're going to hear some stories to come out which have been kept uh, behind closed doors for the longest time, and then that will begin to justify or explain, you know, why this happened, you know, why you let a manager go who uh, takes a team that was not expected to even be a playoff team to within one win of the World Series. So it's certainly, like you said, on the shock scale, a seven or an eight. Now, the one thing you brought up that I want to kind of elaborate on is uh, his relationship with the players because by some accounts, it was not great. As you said, uh, he had that military, militaristic approach to him, and he was not the warmest guy, not that approachable for some of the players. But yet... The thing that I really recall after the Yankees beat the Indians in game five to come back from 0-2 down, advance to the LCS, a lot of players, or at least a handful, you know, came right out and said in post-game comments, we did this for Joe. We we wanted to win this for Joe after all the beatings he took after game two. So what's the truth here? Is is it, you know, somewhere in the middle regarding, you know, just how close he was to his players? Well, I think that players – yeah, they wanted to take Girardi off the hook. Um, they also wanted to win it for themselves. I think that the Yankees were in that position, and no matter who was managing, if it was Joe Girardi or if it was you or me, they would want to win that game uh, because that's what they do. That's what ball players do. They were in that to win that series. But I think that uh, what, what gets misconstrued here, I, I think that people think that Girardi was unapproachable to his players, and that's not the case. I mean, I saw him on so many occasions go up to guys and put an arm around them and, and take an interest in not just the players, but their families. I mean, this is a guy who would go to bat for any player on his team. And he always talked about the guys in the room and needing to have those guys backs. And I think that he really had a strong purpose of that as a manager. Um, he encouraged family as part of the team. Uh, you know, before Girardi, you didn't see players bring their, their sons into the clubhouse and, uh, that became a regular thing. I can remember on, on numerous occasions, Chase Headley and, and Todd Frazier would have their kids running around, and they'd be in little tiny pinstripe uniforms and uh, celebrating after a Yankee win. And, and that was all because of Girardi, because he believed in uh, these guys needed to be ball players and give it all on the field, but they also had to give to their family as well. So I, I, in his 10 years with the Yankees, there was – a lot of good that Joe Girardi did, and, and you're going to look back on his time there, and yes, he only won one World Series, and I, I think people are going to look at that and say, look, I mean, this he went to the ALCS, but they hadn't been there since 2012, and that's unacceptable for the New York Yankees, and uh, maybe that turns out to be true, but uh, you don't see this very often. You may not see it again with uh, a Yankee manager lasting a full decade in New York, uh, certainly before Torrey and Girardi, you didn't see it very often, and uh, I'm not sure what the next step is going to be there, but uh, it seems to me that the Yankees are going to be looking for somebody with many of the same qualities that Joe Girardi had. Uh, it's just for whatever reason they decided that Joe was not the guy to take them into 2018 and beyond. Yeah, and that takes us to the next question, obviously. With uh, Joe Girardi out, the big question now is, you know, who's next? And 
whoever is next is going to inherit uh, a potential gold mine here. We saw what this team did in 2017. They still got, you know, a, a healthy Clint Frazier to factor into the equation. Labor Torres coming up from the minors. Some great pitching prospects, uh, you know, on the way up to Luis Severino, a breakout year. So there, there was so much here to like, you know, for the Yankees and for the Yankee fan base. Do they go after an established name? Do they promote from within? Do they dip into the minor league ranks? Which direction do you think they go here? I think they could go a lot of different ways. I think here's what they're going to be looking for. Uh, first and foremost, the Yankees are a team that sinks so much money into analytics and advanced scouting and, and all that. They're not going to look for some kind of older guy who manages by his gut. I mean, they're going to look for somebody who really trusts the numbers. And I know a lot of the fans want to you know, get on Girardi because he always trusted the binder. And, oh, the binder says to do this. Well, I, I think the next manager is going to do the exact same thing. I think that's the way the game is trending now. The smarter teams have embraced that analytical approach. Uh, they're going to want a player, a uh, uh, manager who uses his players the way the math tells him is the smartest way to do it. So I think that uh, you're going to look for somebody with an analytical background. You're going to look for somebody who can handle the New York media. Uh, obviously, uh, that was one of the, the criticisms of Girardi was that, yes, he could be stiff in a press conference setting. Um, I, I thought that when the cameras were off. He was a different person. Uh, I, I enjoyed being around Joe. We, you know, we would we would laugh, we would joke. Uh, you know, I, I found him friendly. He was he was good to my family. Um, he he was a good man. Um, I, I could see why though when the red lights are on and and he's talking to the the cameras and obviously in the heat of the moment he was tough and he was he was rigid and and stiff as a at times. Um, so you're going to look for somebody who can handle the New York media and then finally. I think that since this is going to be Brian Cashman's call, uh, Cash is probably going to be looking for somebody with, with whom he's already got a pre-existing relationship. I don't think that the Yankees would have done something like this if they didn't already have in mind a list of candidates, and I, I'm sure that they do. Uh, you always hear that even when a team loves their manager, they've got a short list of guys who would be the next manager. So um, whether they go within the organization or go without, I think that uh, – yeah, I mean, we could reel off a ton of names here. I think that's going to come into more focus in the days to come. But uh, I, I think that those are the three qualities they're going to be looking for, and, and you can narrow it down from there. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating hire by Brian Cashman and uh, company to see uh, who pilots the ship for the Yankees in 2018. And, Brian, as we come down the home stretch, kind of a, a bigger picture question here. We see the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Nationals, three playoff teams, two division winners, and, of course, a Yankee team which came that close to advancing to the World Series. All three dismissed their managers. What does that say <laughs> about the expectations of, of a fan base and of, of an organization these days? Because I cannot ever recall three teams, the caliber of those three and the seasons they had all parting ways with their manager. It really blows my mind. It is a tough chair to sit in, and uh, it tells you that managers are hired to be fired. I think that uh, your first day on the job, the clock is already ticking. Uh, I think that 99.9% of managers uh, know that at, at some point, the team is going to decide that they're no longer the right person for the job. Uh, not very many guys get to be Bobby Cox and, and kind of determine their own exit. And I think that in Girardi's case, uh, he's going to have opportunities out there. Uh, as you mentioned, there are managerial vacancies. I think that Washington is one that could be very appealing to him. And uh, much the way we talk about the Yankees being a turnkey kind of 
whoever the next Yankee manager is, he's going to have a gold mine there on his hands. I mean, that's kind of just walk right in, step in, you plug in Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and Lee Severino, and you wait for Glaber Torres and Chance Adams and, and all these guys to come up through the farm system. I, I think that over the next five or six years, this might be the weakest Yankee team, the 2017 team. 2018, 2019, 2020, they might just be stronger and stronger. So, I mean, this is definitely a marquee job. This is something that uh, anybody would be happy to have in Major League Baseball. And I think that uh, there are teams out there who would be happy to have Joe Girardi as their manager, too. And I think that Washington probably is going to be first and foremost on that list. Uh, It's up to him. He can probably take a year off or do some TV if he wants to. But if he wants to manage, I think he's going to have opportunities to do it as soon as 2018. And I was just going to ask that after 10 years on the job and not just any job, this is managing the New York Yankees. Is do you, from yeah. knowing what you know about Joe Girardi, does he need a year to recharge his batteries and to just, you know, be a, a normal dad to his kids? Or does he look at that nationals opening and say, you know what, I, I could get right back to the fall classic with these guys in 2018. Yeah. I, I think that if the money is right I, and look, Joe doesn't have to work another day in his life. He's very fortunate. Uh, he's taken care of. So let's not, you know, shed any tears for Joe Girardi. He's fine. Um, but I think that if he got his family's blessing, and my understanding is that his family still loves what he did and would have been happy with him coming back to be the Yankees manager in 2018, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't go and try and win a World Series with another team. And, and wouldn't it be sweet for, for Girardi if he could go up against the Yankees in a World Series? I think that that would probably be the perfect outcome for him. I know that He'd love it, but I think that he could also just as easily do some other things in the game. You know, he talked about well, wanting to do something in, in 245 Park where, where Major League Baseball's front offices are. Um, he's, he's kind of fascinated with the idea of being commissioner for a day. Don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, there's a lot of different things that Joe Girardi could do. Uh, he was active in the competitive play uh, committee under Commissioner Rob Manfred, so uh, this is a smart guy, and uh, he's going to land on the seat somewhere. Uh, he could always go back and do some TV. He was doing that before he got the Yankee job. Um, so I, I am curious to see where his next step is going to be, and I won't be shocked if it's in a dugout somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, Brian, one last thing. I promise this is it. What are the odds that we hear the phrase at some point next year or even, I don't know, next week or next month, New York Yankees manager John Farrell? um i don't know about that one uh i you know the name that everybody keeps wanting to volley off me is new york yankees manager alex rodriguez now (laughs) that that would be a whole lot of fun i don't think that's going to happen but uh uh, let's throw a bunch of names out there if you want to have a former yankee who could actually have a shot at it uh let's let's say john flaherty i mean there's a great guy there's a great choice i think who He's currently in the Yes Network booth. That's what Girardi was doing before he got the job. Obviously, an analytically inclined kind of guy. Got a good relationship with Cashman. Uh, let, let's throw his name out there as, as well. And, uh, you know, they've got a whole lot of other guys in the farm system. Al Padrique did a great job at AAA. He's been back-to-back uh, manager of the year. Rob Thompson on their bench right now. Tony Pena as well. Um, you go down the list. You know, Jay Bell, Tim Nairing, uh in the minor league system. These guys are all highly thought of. Um, Josh Paul. So I, I feel like I've just named about eight or nine guys for you. Um, so maybe just rapid fire and maybe you hit one of them. I, I think it's going to come into more focus in the days to come. But I, I think that the Yankees clearly had a few choices at the top of their list. And, and I think that some of them were probably on that list of names I just rattled off. Yeah. Uh, one thing we know for sure, it's going to be a fascinating process uh, in the next few weeks to see who inherits 
that very big managerial role in the Bronx for a Yankee team that will unquestionably be amongst uh, the World Series contenders for 2018. And like you said, uh, far beyond that as well, given the youth and talent on that roster. Brian Hoke, a pleasure as always. Uh, thanks for the insight. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, New York Yankees. <laughs>